Welcome to Fast Favorites, a podcast dedicated to the impact that movies and music have on our lives, the influence they hold, the inspiration they bring, and the memories they create. On the second episode of Fast Favorites, you'll hear from Lauren DeMarco, a junior studying at Binghamton University with a passion for psychology and neuroscience. You'll hear her top 10 favorite movies in no particular order. And to preface, we try to not include any spoilers on this episode. However, if you don't want a chance to be spoiled for one of the movies you do want to watch, feel free to skip over to the next movie. And with that being said, enjoy my interview with Lauren DeMarco. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, Brandon. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here on Fast Favorites. I loved the first episode with Saul, and I'm really excited. Thank you, thank you. So on this episode, we're doing movies instead of songs. So do you prefer music or film? I think I definitely prefer film. I do listen to music with almost everything I do, but I don't have a strong connection towards music. I go through songs kind of fast, and I definitely could not compose a top 10 for music, but I can for film. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before I get into my list, what I wanted to say was that these movies are not ranked in any specific order. I could not possibly pick a number one movie of all time. And getting it down to only 10 movies was really difficult. And I know within the next year, this list is probably going to change. Honestly, when I watch a movie, my environment and how I'm feeling changes how I perceive the movie and how I would rank it, which isn't how all people are, but it definitely is for me. Sometimes I'll rewatch a movie and it just doesn't feel as good as it did the first time. And I feel like that's pretty common. But yeah, so this list, there's no specific order. And it honestly, a powerful part of them is just how I experienced the movie and what was going on around it and like the conversation after. So for Parasite, why is it one of your favorite movies? Okay, so Parasite is one of those movies that always comes to mind when people ask me, what's a movie that you love? What's a movie that you recommend? And Brandon, you were there with me. We both saw the movie together. We went to the theaters. But the experience that I had when I saw the movie was just amazing. I went into the movie with no idea what it was about. I just knew it was kind of about social class issues, but I had no idea what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Turned out it wasn't even in English. Yeah, and I remember when I first was seeing online about the movie, it was like people were saying like this is the best movie ever, and I've never seen a movie that got praise like that where every person is like, "Wait, this is maybe one of the best movies of all time." So I feel like I felt like I just had to see it in the theaters and they were playing in only select theaters at the time and nobody ever knew down here was seeing it but we went to the theater and it was amazing yeah the cool part was the theater we went to was in a mall and so we went saw the movie and then when the movie was over the mall was closed and so when we were leaving the theater there was just this eerie feeling as we were leaving this closed mall there was no one inside we had to go out like a side door and what really was powerful if you haven't seen the movie i obviously recommend but our jaws were dropped the entire like finishing 30 minutes of the movie i want to say like i just i couldn't help myself i had no idea what was going to happen it just it was really powerful and i didn't see any of it coming and then after having this crazy experience in the theaters just making me reevaluate everything we were leaving this empty mall and it was just a crazy feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I remember my jaw was dropped at the end throughout. It so just we went stayed to the dropped. Car. Yeah, it just we were just like, what just happened? No movie ever did that. No, it was a crazy feeling. I, movies don't normally make me feel that way. And it was also a great story. And I remember I showed my family it after and it still hit the same. Um, I still really loved it and I, I still would recommend it to anyone. 
What do you think about it as being like a foreign film? Well, one of the hard parts at the theater seeing it is that because the screen was so big and we were sitting relatively close to the front, reading the subtitles did take away from seeing the movie. I remember I had to look at the words and I couldn't look at the rest of the screen. It was honestly, it was difficult to see in theaters because of that versus on like a TV screen that's smaller. But some people might not want to watch a movie in another language because they might think it just isn't as positive of an experience. But for this movie, when I think about it, the last thing that comes to mind is the fact that it was in another language. Yeah. Like it, it's just a great movie. I loved it. I totally obviously understood everything and it, it just, that is like the last part about it. Like when I, I showed it to my grandparents and obviously, you know, they don't really want to watch a movie in another language and have to read the subtitle. I don't even know if they can see the subtitles on the screen, but I just had to make them watch it because it just, it's just something you have to see. So next, Lilo and Stitch. Yes. A film that, <laughs> say film. I don't know if we should say film, but. A movie that we just saw very recently. Yes, rewatch. We have to take him back. What about O'Connor means family. Family means nobody, nobody gets left behind. Yeah, so I just, I love a good movie that just makes me feel good after, and it's cute. Stitch is so cute. Lilo is so cute. It takes place in Hawaii. It's just beautiful. And it really brings me back to my childhood. I love movies that can make me feel that way, that can remind me of how I watched it, how I felt when I watched it when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cute. And it's also a cool concept. Like, Stitch is an alien, and then he's just on Earth with his family. Like, I, I just love how simple it is. Like, sometimes when I watch a movie, I don't need to be mentally stimulated. I don't need to have plot twists. No, I just want to no. watch something cute. And mm -hmm. it is so cute. Sometimes that's all you need. Cute little movie, but what makes it your favorite? A lot so, of cute movies. Yeah, there out definitely there. are a lot of cute movies. The reason why it made it into the top 10 and why tons of the other cute animated movies from my childhood didn't is just because of how much it stood out to me. And honestly, when I was a kid, I remind myself of Lilo. Like, she's always just getting in trouble or doing something that she probably shouldn't be or the one second that she leaves the house, an alien comes and it burns down, something like that. And it's just so cute. So you relate to Lila? Kind of. I feel like when I was just a little kid, it just kind of resonates. Like, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just trying your best. And I was an only child, um, and so I didn't have any siblings. It was just me and my parents. And in the movie, it's just Lilo and her sister at that point. And Lilo's connection with Stitch and just how she has a little buddy, like, I always just thought that was so cute. And just something that I would always be looking for to have like a little buddy like Stitch. And then I actually got my dog Daisy, but I got her when I was much older when I was going to college. But she's like my little Stitch. Mm -hmm. She's like my little sidekick. She's sometimes causing some problems, blowing the house up. But yeah, I just, it's such a cute story and it's always stood out to me. So next, Shutter Island. Yes, Martin Scorsese, Shutter Island. So this prisoner escapes in the last 24 hours. We don't know how she got out of her room. It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. We haven't heard the truth once yet, but no one will talk. It's like they're scared of something. It's all down, all the lines, even radio. Whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. We need to ask you some questions, okay? So I chose this movie because I have a love for psychological thrillers. I've always loved psychology since I was first introduced to it in high school, and these types of films have will always interest me because I love how towards the end, 
you just get revealed so much information and it changes your whole perception of the film. Something I've always thought about is what it takes to make a psychological thriller and keep people interested until the twist at the end. If I made a movie, I would ideally want to make a psychological thriller because they are just so cool. Yeah, I actually thought about that recently. I feel like the directors and actors try and get into the headspace of the reality that they're trying to portray in the first half. Like, do they try and convince themselves that that storyline is true with everyone involved, like the directors to the writers yeah. to cinematography? You'd expect that because it's so convincing and if they have this twist in their mind, it might seep through in their acting and not be as convincing. Yeah, I've always wanted to try and come up with my own sort of psychological thriller and create something cool like that, but I've never really known where to start. I feel like I need to have like a twist already in mind before I start working yeah. and that's so hard because obviously I don't know a perfect storyline and twist to begin with and I wonder how it was when they created this story. It was originally a book so just working on writing and how they came about that mm -hmm. I wonder. Yeah. But yeah I know Brandon you've always had a passion for film and wanted to get into creating short films and I really feel like it would be awesome if you tried to create something with a twist at the end. And I know it must take tons of trial and error mm -hmm. to make something convincing enough to have a twist, but I feel like that would be an awesome thing to start yeah. working on. I've always thought of that. Ideally, I would want a twist because I, I believe that the best movies have some sort of twist. It doesn't have to be defined as a movie that is, is known a thriller to be like a twist. I would want it to be in it because some of the best movies have a twist in it. It's that? just exciting. Twists are just exciting. As a viewer, of course, I'd like to be excited. I don't need to be scared or shocked, but just just shown something new. It would be really awesome, and you don't see that in everyday life, so it'd be cool to see it. Mm -hmm. It's a widely known fact that the Stratford sisters aren't allowed to date. For every girl who's ever hoped. Daddy, as you know, it's the prom. Every guy who's ever tried. You never give up, do you? Was that a yes? No! And anyone. You're concentrating awfully hard considering it's gym class. Who's ever been taken completely by surprise. You're not as vile as I thought you were. Ten things I hate about you. Which one? I actually like? just watched this today. <laughs> nice. For the second time. Oh, and okay. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I, I included this on this list kind of like a representation of rom-coms from the 90s because they have a special place in my heart and this one is my favorite. Um, just they, they're really comforting. Even when I was a child, before I even wanted a boyfriend or any of that stuff, I just always, it was so comforting to just go through this little snapshot of these kids in high school's life where everything seems kind of perfect and just in this awesome world. And uh, 10 Things I Hate About You is number yeah, one on that Yeah, everyone's so relaxed. Everyone's doing whatever they want. I remember they were at prom. People were dancing like crazy, yeah. doing whatever. No one's blinking an yes. eye, you know. They're if, being themselves. Yeah, everyone's being themselves. Exactly. And that's what this movie is also about. And they, they show throughout the movie all these different stereotypes in the high school. Always. You got the people that are pretending to be Jamaican. <laughs> Literally, the, the they, jocks, they, the nerds. They do every single yeah. stereotype. They got all of them. I they remember that one. They, they yes. make it a thing in this, yes. probably to show that. Just an exaggerated. It's exaggerated of like how everyone tries to fit in and 
yes. also be themselves in their own unique way. The main character, Kat, she's just trying to be herself. She's. I mean, she's happy with being an outsider. You know, she never wanted to be like her sister. They were completely different. And I always thought that was cool because, you know, I feel like everyone, at least a little bit, kind of has that feeling inside of them. Like, they might be a little different. Everyone's unique. And so I resonated with Kat just because you're not trying to be the perfect person. You're just trying to be yourself, you know follow your dreams and just learn more about yourself throughout high school mm-hmm. I feel like you could really really anyone can really relate to that main character i think that she's a big part of why people love this movie yes. her keith ledger and joseph gordon levitt are two of my favorite actors so that yeah. on top of it i was just you know it's just his recipe for success it's an amazing cast and yes. they're all so young i know it's so cool it's so cool especially because you know we weren't alive during this time so to look back at it have seen their work from current day and then see them so young is really cool but even aside from that you know just a great movie the characters and are all really well thought out. Like, they are so exaggerated, but they, they aren't, like, forced, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're in this completely alternate reality. Like, this is not really what high school looks like. And no one thinks this is what high school looks like. But it still feels so real. It still mm-hmm. feels like, I, I could be at this high school, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I really like that about it. Because I've seen some of these other types of 90s movies like that. And it, it sometimes just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real. And even though they're both really exaggerating, this one just, just hit. Mm-hmm. They got it right, and it's 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 hard to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Favorite scene? The poem scene. I'm gonna be like everyone else with that one. But when you're going through this whole movie, watching Cat grow and just come out of her shell, not being the type of girl she thinks she has to be, and she becomes so vulnerable when she says this poem, and it it's emotional. And this movie isn't always, you know, it's a carefree movie, but it hits. As a younger person, like, I can relate to that feeling. Being young, being in love, finding who you are, and being able to talk about it, it's it's really vulnerable. And She was pouring her heart out, actually. Yeah. The actress, Julie Stiles, was actually crying during that scene. It wasn't written for her to cry. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, yeah. That just shows how powerful it is. And she was giving that poem scene to her class. Like, as someone who has gone through high school, the last thing I would ever want to do is be vulnerable to my class and crying in the class in front of everyone. Like, that's just something I would be shaking. But she was just so calm and, and just open really powerful as well yeah they don't make these type of movies anymore they don't a lot of the movies in my top 10 list are not that deep like i love movies that aren't that deep they're not trying to tell you something is wrong with the world that you need to change they're just it's entertaining to watch and you know if you feel it in your heart but you're also giggling it's so fun and colorful that is why we're going to transition to my next favorite movie, The Royal Tannenbaum. There were three extraordinary children in the Tannenbaum family. I said sell it, yeah. Chaz Tannenbaum was a financial expert and started buying real estate in his early teens. Margot Tannenbaum was an acclaimed playwright and won a Pulitzer Prize in the ninth grade. Richie Tenenbaum was a champion tennis player ranked second in the world by age 17. They were brilliant. They were famous. They were unlucky enough to be the children of a man named Royal Tenenbaum. When I brought up the colorfulness of 10 Things I Hate About You, well, Wes Anderson, my 
favorite director of all time. One of my main reasons why is just because of how beautiful his movies are. I just, I love watching them. I, I will always try a new Wes Anderson movie because I know at least it's going to be beautiful to watch. The colors, just he has his own style of... Mm -hmm. Some people might say that he's too stylistic and it drives away from possibly a meaningless plot or meaningless themes what do you what would you say to that yeah so some of his movies that i've seen i might have felt like like moonrise kingdom i personally didn't have as big of a takeaway with that movie that i did for royal tannenbaums or grand budapest hotel i just didn't have that but i agree i can see why people would say that like you know it can get lost in these crazy sceneries but i personally don't think that because you have this stylistic type of film it has to take away from anything about the film you can do both and he does do both and that's why he's loved and that's why he's where he is mm -hmm. this is my favorite movie of all time wow where would you say you put it in your top 10 Was, uh, is there any spot i'm not gonna lie i honestly need to rewatch it and if i were to have to create a top 10 movie and rank these i would need to watch all of them like back to back because things change for me when I step away from a movie. Like, my memory, I don't remember it as well. I don't remember those mm -hmm. feelings as well. Like, right after I watch a movie, I might give it a 5 out of 5. Or maybe I might give it, like, a lower grade, like a 4 out of 5. And then I talk about it, and I'm like, no, that should be better. Or that should be worse. It really just changes. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm honestly, I struggled with this. Because it's it's really made me think. So I, I really don't know why I would put it on this list. Honestly, because it's just, it's such a well-made and great movie. And I love the characters. And it's so pleasing to watch. I love his movies so much that it would definitely be very high. But I kind of have mm. on this list a mix of different kinds of movies. Like this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. And Shutter Island is my favorite sort of psychological thriller with plot twists. And Lilo and Stitch and The Lady and the Tramp, those are some of my favorite childhood animated movies. And so it's, they're kind of all in their own categories and it's hard to be able to say, well, you know, I'd put a psychological thriller over an animation. Well, it depends on how I'm feeling, you know? So I honestly, I just couldn't, I couldn't narrow it down to ranking them. Who's your favorite Tenenbaum? Richie. Richie's definitely my favorite Tenenbaum. Mm -hmm. My favorite scene, my favorite scene has gotta be when Margot's getting off the bus and she sees Richie. And you can just feel so many emotions mm -hmm. when you see them look at each other after not seeing each other so long and the song these days by nico yeah that's a great song it just it really ties it all together and that scene it just it stands out it just you can't forget it the emotions that you you feel you feel what they feel i've never been in love with a stepbrother but <laughs> it's also my favorite scene it's one of my favorite oh. scenes of all time of course it's my favorite yeah. movie yeah it's because it that it captures the feeling of seeing someone you love in the best way possible in the purest way yeah it's so hard to capture that like they're not saying anything. They're not even moving. They don't even kiss. It's just a hug and you feel it. Oh, yeah. I loved seeing them when they were children. I thought that it's just so fun to watch. Like when they show their little introductions. I love how the text's on the screen. When they introduce everyone. And the plot also with the father. Mm -hmm. With Royal Tenenbaum. Yes. We know how he's faking that he's sick. Because mm -hmm. he and wants to get close the family to his family. Together. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's just wholesome to watch, but also crazy. And then you see the reaction. And, and how the Tenenbaums, the whole point of how they were geniuses. They were the most famous people and then when they grew up and you saw they what they turned out to weren't what does that lead to what yeah. does that create they were these children who were so successful and then we flash forward to the future and they're they're not happy they have issues and it's just crazy i've never really seen a movie depict that where you start off in childhood everything's going so well flash forward they're an adult what went wrong things go wrong but i feel like that is so accurate to kind of 
just life in general. With us, when you're a child, everything just seems like there's endless possibilities. You're doing what you want, you know, and then you're older, it didn't, doesn't always work out. You know, you're less inclined to act on that love that you have towards someone because of what the world tells you. Next is 500 Days of Summer. So you have a boyfriend? No. Who needs it? We're young, might as well have fun while we can. And... Wait, wait, what happens if you fall in love? You don't believe that, do you? What? It's love, it's not Santa Claus. I think it's official. I'm in love with Summer. I love how she makes me feel. This movie has earned its right on my top 10 list because it, it takes a different approach to romance and love and the feelings that you have and the way that it ends. And I like how it doesn't end, you know, with the happy way where Tom and Summer run off into the sunset and everything works out and they actually is all fine. It doesn't. And that's okay. And you see how they both are okay. And just going through the whole story with the ups and downs, I think this was a great performance from Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And just seeing both sides, it's just, we talked about it for hours. I watched this with Brandon. He showed it to me. And we talked about it for hours, being able to just discuss, you know, who was, was anyone in the wrong with how this relationship turned bad? Was it Summer for kind of always keeping Tom around, but never being willing to like, be in a relationship really it tells you right when it starts it's not a love story i know they keep it they, they keep it so real with you you know, you know exactly, exactly what's happening but those scenes where they're at ikea and they're so happy and they're just like playing house in the beds in the kitchen that love it feels so real it's just it's so fun to watch and go through this with them and then when things get bad they get bad and you feel that as a viewer you're connecting with them and i think um, from what I've heard from other people who've watched this movies and reading other people's reviews, you know, people have sides. People side with Summer or people side with Tom, and it might be based on their personal experiences. I personally mm -hmm. haven't really been in a situation like that where I felt that way, but... I, I don't like that people pick a side. I think they're oh. wrong, and I, the director and the writers would agree, and along with the actors. You think? Yep, there's the whole point of the story is that there isn't a side. It's just life. It just mm. is. Their love didn't work out. One isn't right. One isn't wrong. Yeah. He thinks that's, that's what it is. He thinks they're made for each other. Yeah, no, I, I've definitely seen it. I, I've seen relationships like this in my life so many times, but you don't see movies about them. No. You know, no one talks about them. People, it makes them uncomfortable. It makes them maybe feel bad about times from the past or how they acted or how things ended up working out. People don't talk about it. And I was more than willing to, you know, talk about it, maybe because I don't have that past trauma from it, but I really was appreciative if someone made a movie like this. Yeah, I agree. I think people kind of just pick the side that they resonate most with, but it's not really like that. I feel like, yeah, being able to say, you know, I've never been in a situation like that where I've given someone my whole heart and they just weren't able to take it, you know, that's traumatic. And so that that's something that I really, that would be hard. And so seeing this movie, I can see why people would do that. But I, I'm really thankful that I'm able to just view it this way because I, I really loved it for that reason. Mm -hmm. So while we were just talking about how we've never experienced that type of feeling where you give someone your whole heart and you don't get it back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of allowed us to have this point of view for the movie because we've never felt that way. Like if you had that trauma inside of you for giving someone everything and not being able to get it back, you saw how Tom reacted. Tom quit his job. Tom was not well for a long time because of what it did to him. 
obviously heartbreak is in tons of movies but just showing it like that where it doesn't get better but you see him get better and it was a cheesy ending but i i thought it was so fitting because it, the ending it just wasn't the point you know the, the the whole movie was the point it took you through this story and then the ending just kind of showed you well we're moving on you know summer has passed next comes autumn and you know i just thought that was a great way to end it endings i feel like they're so hard to pull off in movies because everyone's formed their own perceptions everyone's got their own interpretation of how the movie went and you have to wrap it up to try and please everyone and of course you can't always do that but i really liked how it was just simple and and okay it ended and everyone knows after summer comes autumn and it's kind of just like you can you can go into it more and analyze it but it's just simple i really enjoyed that ending All right, so my next movie is Lady and the Tramp. Open up your eyes. Open my eyes? To what a dog's life can really be. Show you what I mean. Look down there. Tell me what you see. Well, I see nice homes with yards and fences. Exactly. Life on a leash. Look again, Pidge. And honestly, if I did have to pick one, I might just have to put this one first because it has stuck with me for my whole life. This past year, I was lady for Halloween and I have just always loved her so much. I also love dogs though. I have my own dog. She's literally my best friend. And dogs, I've just always loved dogs. They're the sweetest things in the world. They love you more than they love anything. And even though that isn't the point of the movie, it just it's, it's just, a good dog movie like an actually good dog movie. yes you know, people like, make some yes. crazy corny dog movies of course which yeah there's dogs and it's okay but yes yeah something that's actually amazing exactly like lady and the tramp 1955 okay yeah so 1955 this movie was made long before i was born but <laughs> long before a little bit longer than your mom yeah so longer right? before my parents too and it doesn't change a thing. It's just the the movie is beautiful. It looks better than animated movies <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love how you get to see the dogs with their owners, and it's just their their town is beautiful where Lady lives. And but then you go and see the tramp, and it's all different. And you know, there's ways you can look at it and get into deeper messages. But personally, the way that I like to watch it is just appreciating it. I love being able to just watch a movie and appreciate it. It's a simple story. You know, it ends up working out in the end. They have little babies, and it's just it's so cute. So, of course, my favorite scene is the spaghetti and meatball scene because it is just the cutest thing ever. It's just, it's you just can't get enough. It's just so cute. These two dogs sharing a plate of spaghetti at the back of the Italian restaurant with their nice little, with their nice little tablecloth and they're getting a nice meal and it's just so cute. And it's just not that deep. And as I talked about before, I just love movies where it doesn't have to be that deep. You know, it, it obviously is. We have this lady who's coming from this amazing house and this amazing environment where she's just living her best life. And then we have the tramp who is fighting for his life, you know, for his next meal. But it's just so cute to see little doggies sharing a plate of spaghetti. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. I, I just love it. <laughs> All good. You don't got to have any deep meaning. Yeah, that's honestly the reason why I would just take number one because it, it just doesn't have to. There's nothing you could say that's going to make me be like, oh, yeah, you know, I really don't like Lady. You're right. It's not that good. No, there's nothing you could say. It's just so cute. Next movie is American Psycho. I have all the characteristics of a human being, but not a single clear identifiable emotion. I simply am not there. 
Now, this movie, I don't know how it made it to my top ten. I'm not going to lie. I watched it recently, and I just really liked it, so I thought I might as well add it because of Christian Bale's acting and his performance. Yeah, he just takes over. His acting's just crazy. It's hysterical, but he's also killing people. Like, it's it's not really that funny of a movie, but it also is. It's just crazy. But yeah, I loved his acting. My favorite scene when he's, like, about to kill the first person that he brings into his house and he starts playing music and he's just dancing. Yep. Like, wow, this guy's really happy, but he, he's about to kill someone with an axe. Remember how he's always talking about how he wants to get a reservation at Dorcia and stuff? Yes. <laughs> it's actually so funny. Like, if you search Dorcia, mm-hmm. like NYC or mm-hmm. Dorcia restaurant on Google, it'll be a restaurant, like Google reviews. And all the reviews are people who saw the movie and, like, they're pretending like they went to Dorcia. Everyone look it up. It's like one star. I can't get a reservation here. <laughs> stuff like That's that. That's awesome. Everyone in the reviews is like, Bateman told me to come here or like i went with bateman or stuff like oh that. yeah search search it so we okay could, so I could talk all right let's it. get it let's read let's read some of the reviews all right let's get some reviews from this i'm gonna say good but always booked parentheses i killed paul allen <laughs> they booked paul allen instead of me one star the reason why i just added this is because i just loved watching it i really loved patrick bateman's oh not patrick bateman christian i just loved bale. yeah i loved christian bale's acting but i also loved the character patrick bateman and it was just really cool to see how he interacted with people and how he had this great job and he was surrounded by these people in the business world and they were always just concerned about who's got the best business card is it eggshell is it cream you know what color is your font and it's like it's just funny to see um, and it's just, I think I was really creative. I really liked it. And then the fact that he's killing people on the side, it's like, what is going on? Second to last movie on this list. All right, wrapping this one up, we have 12 Angry Men. I'd like to make it clear anyway, if you don't mind. Do we have to listen to this? The man wants to talk. Thank you. This gentleman has been standing alone against us. Now, he doesn't say the boy is not guilty. He just isn't sure. Well, it's not easy to stand alone against the ridicule of others. So he gambled for support, and I gave it to him. I respect his motives. But the boy in trial is probably guilty, but uh, I want to hear more. Right now, the vote is 10 to 2. I'm talking here. What stood out to me the most was that it was all filmed in one room. I, I just love that. It's all, I feel like some movies these days have these huge budgets. They're just doing the craziest stuff. And it's like, let's break it down. Let's just have a movie. It takes place in a room with all the same 12 angry men. And you still walk away feeling something, you know, taking something away. And I I think that's really powerful and something really hard to pull off as a director and as actor. Yes, Sidney Lumet directed this movie in one room and you're entertained throughout. Yeah, no, it's just really awesome to see how this group of people, they're on the jury for this court case and everyone's like, well, let's just, let's say he's guilty. You know, let's get out of here. We got things to do. He's guilty. You know, he did the crime. And then there's one man who's like, well, I'm not voting guilty because we need to talk about this and you need a unanimous vote to leave. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is in society today. I know everyone's so quick to be like, you know what? Forget about this guy. He's guilty. I need to go on and do my thing. Like, no. Let's be considerate of the other people around us before you send an innocent person to jail. Mm-hmm. So you could go to your baseball game. Like, it's similar to the, the cancel culture. True. Anything. Any I like opinion that connection. That you see on Twitter. 
you tweet it out, you get a couple likes, it keeps gaining traction. People are going to be yeah. on your side. If you see this opinion first, you're going to roll with it possibly yeah. if you aren't too too strong-headed. Yeah, no, I like that connection to cancel culture because it's crazy. You see how the jury shifts from being like, no, he's guilty, obviously, and I need to just leap to spending so much time in that room talking about it, figuring it out. And then everyone's like, he's not guilty. And then everyone's like thinking about themselves as a person and having that reflection about who they are and how they were so quick to judge and be on and focused on themselves. I really, yeah. Mm -hmm. So quick to, so quick to side with opinion, but also, yes, so quick to judge. No, but it's really cool because this still pertains to today. You know, we as a human race have not progressed past behaving this way. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate, but it is most certainly true. You know, if you put the same thing, same thing happens and you create a jury and people think they have better things that they could be doing, they're going to do the same thing. And you can only hope that there's that one person in the room who has a heart and who's going to care, you know, to do what's right and do what's just. Mm -hmm. Because if he wasn't there and it was someone else just like everyone else, well, then we wouldn't have that movie and someone would be convicted of a crime that they shouldn't have been convicted of. 60 to 7 years later and it kind of seems the same sadly and it's still extremely relevant and it might still be relevant forever yeah who knows i mean i guess it's just human <laughs> yeah. nature i know it's so unfortunate as a neuroscience major i i love studying like just people i like psychology how our brains work and so it's really cool to be thinking about that like as humans from what we traced back to when we were like neanderthals that's just we're programmed you're looking out for yourself survival of the fittest and that kind of just is how we are today but oh there's a yankee game guilty let me go home <laughs> i got things to do like guilty it's easy but why not why why can't everyone unanimously decide on not guilty like who Obviously, if he's convicted of a crime, you got to be smart about that. But it's just the fact that they're so quick to choose something that has such power over someone else's life. And no one cares. You know, they're not thinking of the repercussions for the person who's sitting in that courtroom waiting for an answer. All right. The uh, last movie that I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> we got Vertigo. Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. Shopping? No. Well, uh, anywhere in particular? No, I just thought that I'd wander. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot. It's your occupation, isn't it? It just blew me away the first time that I saw it. And I just, when I want to create my well-rounded top 10 lists, this one's in it. And it's just, aside from the great plot and the messages from the movie, it is just so cool to see a movie that was made from so long ago. I really enjoyed it. So you can see a movie made in 2022 that's trying to reflect life in the 50s or the 60s. And it's just artificial. It's not real. And being able to go back and see the movies that were made then and how people act then it's just awesome i really appreciate it and i feel like it's something that a lot of people might not be inclined to do because they think older movies maybe are slower or they're just not as exciting but you know they're, they're just being superficial with that and it's actually an amazing experience to go back in time so it's this detective who is got a fear of heights from a previous injury on the job and he's retired and he's asked to come out of retirement to watch over this girl who might be in some sort of harm and as he's doing it she's taking him on this journey where he's falling in love with her and he's also getting pushed to his limits <laughs> with his vertigo literally you learn about obsession she has this obsession with this dead woman and it's just it's very interesting to see and she ends up killing herself by jumping off of a high building this guy is obsessed with wanting this girl 
way past the obsession in 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Where he will go to any depths to get... To just feel like he's with her. This girl. And then after he believed she is past, he tries and recreates her. That happens a lot in relationships too, right? Yeah, yeah. People try and recreate someone into what they want they want them to be but i mean that's just toxic yeah no i definitely i haven't even thought about connecting it to modern day but it's so true i I see it around me all the time and i've definitely fallen victim to it too where i've tried to just make someone who i need them to be for me right now it's actually really cool to think about but yeah obsession the power of obsession i've seen it it is it's just the most powerful thing you're doing things if you asked me you know a month ago i would never do that but you are because it's just an obsession really powerful of course that's something that's never going to change just like how we were talking before about human nature you know people just they have a fixation Mm -hmm. but it's that spiral in vertigo yeah the poster it's not a circle it's a spiral what i really liked about vertigo was how you go through the first half of the movie where he's you know a detective coming out of retirement and you get all these scenes where he's seeing the, the wife for the first time and then it happens all again after she dies just this total spiral that i did not pick up on the first time that i watched it where it's like just the scenes are so similar like they're shot so similarly they're obviously different but there's just it's done purposefully and I really appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Fast Favorites. Follow us on Instagram at Fast Favorites Podcast. Subscribe to the show on your podcast platform and read us five stars for good luck. Have an amazing day. I'll catch you next time on the next episode of Fast Favorites.